This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Well, hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And I can't believe it, but it is episode 100. Um, I can't believe I've had 100 episodes recorded and uh, what better way than to talk about, um, you know, something that I know many of us struggle with, and that is disciplining and communicating with love and kindness. And so if you are like the rest of us and um, have an issue with this, I hope that you'll stay tuned and you will be blessed by today's episode. Well, you know, I've looked at my past and like many of us, you know, we go back and we analyze our past and compared to my mother, I feel like such a failure. She was an amazing lady and she died uh, quite some years ago. And yet I remember with fondness um, how she was and how she disciplined us and how she was so loving and kind. And one of the greatest gifts she had was that of being an encourager. It really was a gift of hers. And so when I look back at myself and how I parent, a lot of things our upbringing is, you know, very important. Um, and that's something that we bring to the table and something we should look at. And so, you know, this is an important facet of this talk because I want you to stop and I want you to really think about your background and think about how you were raised and what was the good or the bad that came out of that or how you perceive it. Because a lot of times when we think back, you know, I'm sure my upbringing wasn't as wonderful and perfect as it is now that I'm older and think back. But, you know, we do tend to either remember the very highs or the very lows. And so, you know, that's something very important and something that we should consider. And I'm talking about this today because it's something that I've thought about a lot lately as I've been counseling friends um, who are going through difficult times with their families or in their relationships with each other. And so a lot of times, you know, I think about um, these things, um, you know, basically in the context of what we can do to change and make things better. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about today. Well, this episode is being brought to you by Media Angels, and one of the uh, things I would like you to look at um, is homeschoolingwithproverbs.com. This is a wonderful Bible study for you and your family, and especially with kids uh, that you can do. I created the episode uh, to be used with various ages, and um, it's a whole series of um, audios and downloadables that you can print out. Um, you know, the audios can be downloaded, of course, and listened to many times. And I have um, the series is set up with younger kids, middle um, age kids, and then the older teens and parents can listen to the same audio. 
And what you do is you study the book of Proverbs together as a family and everybody is on the same page. And the first couple of lessons really take you through um, the book of Proverbs and teach you to listen to the Lord. Um, It was something that I wanted to to find already put together and instead had to come up with my own set because I couldn't find anything readily available. And so I really love this set because I did it with my children. I created younger audios for my grandkids um, that are very short and to the point and the printables are really fun. So it's something I would encourage you to look at and especially um, a very strong part of our family is faith. Well, you know, I am um, a first-generation Italian. One of the things that I brought with me to my family is my Italian heritage, uh, my temper with a short fuse, uh, and I became um, very long-winded. The next trait was spoiling my kids, and I do love my kids, and I do tend to spoil. So these two things, you know, being angry, getting over it quickly and then spoiling my kids, um, you know, turned me into what is termed a threatening repeating parent who also had some authoritarian thrown in. And we're going to go into different parenting techniques as well today. Um, And I'm hoping to keep it to 30 minutes and see how I'll do with that because there's so much I want to tell you. Well, this temper was more evident when my kids were younger and I can almost say I've outgrown it to a, a degree Um, In fact, I can't even remember the last time I was so angry that I said or did anything that I would term as, as, um, you know, not Christ-like. But the spoiling consists of things similar to my parents overindulging me. Um, The things that I bought my kids tended to have more of a purpose. I didn't want my kids to have a lot of frivolous things. Uh, So sometimes Christmas presents would look like, you know, school games that we were going to be using or if they got, um, you know, some kind of electronic device, it had to be something that was tied in with school. Uh, At one point, we had a conversion van, if any of you know what that is, you know, that has a TV and the nice plush living room seats in the back. Um, And we had a television um, in this van. And the idea was we would be able to take day trips because of my husband's construction job. There wasn't a lot of time to take long vacations because we owned the company. So my idea was, you know, to be comfy. The kids could have a little television and my husband and I would be able to chat. And, you know, they had headphones and it would be great. And so um, instead of having any kind of frivolous television, I bought tons of educational videos for them. So while I had a a purpose in what I purchased for my kids, I have to say um, Christmas morning around here when my kids were younger was not a pretty thing. I have calmed way down um, in my gift giving. uh, And if you've heard my audio on love languages, um, you know, that was mine is is to bake something for you or buy you something. So um, it was one of the ways I said I loved you. And, you know, the second aspect was, you know, nobody likes confrontation. Um, And so I hated it. So that's why I wanted it to be, you know, very strong and then over with and then let's go on with life. And so um, I found that when I was analyzing, because I'm big at analyzing and looking at, okay, this isn't working and why isn't it working, that I found that I wasn't following through and I wasn't consistent. But I have learned so much in my years as a mom, and I'm hoping to bring that 35 years of experience with you, uh, with uh, to all of you today. 
So I hope that you'll get some nuggets out of this. And of course, if it's something that doesn't, uh, you know, sit well with you, feel free to ignore it. But I want to tell you that there's hope. You know, this talk is a combination of communicating with your children and disciplining because the two go hand in hand. Disciplining our children um, is really necessary because we love them and it's vital. And I don't know if you've heard in the news, but there's, you know, these free range kids, you know, parents that are not disciplinarians that want kids to learn through cause and effect. And maybe in a perfect world, um, that might work, but I know it was already a failed attempt um, of, of the se- uh, 60s, 70s, and some of the 80s. Um, I was a college student in the late 70s, and we were taught that our kids needed to have great self-esteem, and so that was what we worked on with our educational style, with our classes, with everything we taught. And I remember saying to one of my friends, well, the kids in my class have a great self-esteem, but I have no idea what we're learning. And we just laughed, thinking, oh, that's really funny. Well, you know, of course it's not fu- funny. It's a tragedy, and I'm afraid that so many parents tend to be permissive. You know, for me, my faith is important and everything I do is centered in prayer. And sometimes I fail to mention this in my talks. And if I do, I'm sorry. Um, But I pray before I make decisions, before disciplining, and especially when I'm unsure of how to react. You know, have you ever been in that place, a place where your child has done something so amazing or so horrendous that you just don't know how to react? Well, I've been there. And during those times, I pray. And thankfully, the horrendous times are far and few, but they happen all the time. And, you know, to many of us. And so when that happens, prayer has been the only thing to sustain me. Just yesterday, and this this uh, shows you how, you know, God works in our lives, you know, because I, I knew I was going to be recording. And so... Um, you know, just yesterday I was um, away uh, doing a whole lot of, you know, business kinds of things for my husband. I was part of a ministry. And so, you know, my um, my two kids, and this is, you know, um, I, both young adults, ba- basically, my 20-year-old and my um, older son uh, were at home. And obviously they don't need babysitters. And my husband and my other son were away um, at a uh, sporting event, and my daughter was home, um, who is a teenager, she's 17. Well, anyway, I found out as we were walking into church uh, that uh, two of my kids got, you know, very upset with each other, and there was some violence, you know, and I have to say that I'm really happy that, you know, they don't duke it out often, but I was pretty upset when I heard about it right before walking into church. So many things were running through my mind as I sat there waiting for the pastor to walk in. You know, I was planning on taking away their devices, as I call their electronics, you know, making sure they understood that this was totally unacceptable. And then it finally hit me. Um, Yeah, I'm a little slow sometimes. Uh, You're in church, you know, why don't you just pray? So I just closed my eyes and I asked the Lord for wisdom to come up with the perfect punishment, something that would be a deterrent to my boys, you know, so that they would know that, you know what, guys, you need to talk about this, you need to communicate, you need to understand um, that this is not something you do, you know, in real life, you don't go out and and just, you know, there's, there's no road rage or there, you know, there's these horrible things that, that could happen if you boys don't get your you know, act together and, and, you know, be able to control yourself. So, you know, all these things are going through my mind. But I'm also praying to the Lord, you know, Lord, this is how I want it all to be. 
So, but then I got, you know, this peace and I just said, you know, Lord, I'm just going to give this to you. You know the answer and, um, you know, just help me here. So when it got to be time for the gospel and the gospel reading, it was Mark 9, 30 through 37. And in this gospel, the apostles are arguing about who is going to be the greatest. You know, one of the lines says, you know, what are you arguing about on the way? And they remain silent because they've been discussing, you know, who was the greatest. And then the Lord tells them that whoever um, wishes to be first shall be last and servant of all. And so um, it was amazing because wouldn't you know it that our pastor, the one who the children really love and respect, spoke about fighting. He mentioned this in the context of um, and in a way that the kids really responded um, to. And I'm going to share some of that with you today. And what I touched on um, in my two previous topics on communicating during times of distress is getting to the root problem. And that was one of the things he talked about. Of course, I couldn't believe it because, you know, here I just prayed to the Lord to help me. And what better way than a gospel reading that also led into um, you know, the, the, uh, the teaching of the day. So, um, you know, the message wasn't lost on my boys. They got it loud and clear. And when we went out to dinner afterwards, we discussed their issues and they were able to tell me the solutions as our pastor had recommended. So thank you, Jesus, and answer to prayer. Now you may think, yes, well, you know, not all prayers are answered so powerfully in this way. But in regards to my kids and my spouse and my friends, when I pray like this, yes, it's almost miraculous. Do I always remember to? No, because the flesh gets in the way. You know, we're very capable. God gives us certain gifts. And sometimes we think we have to do it alone. And I know when I start doing things alone, that's when I fail and when I realize, oh my gosh, you know, I took God out of the equation and the minute I remember to put him back in. And isn't it horrible that that we can live our lives that way. Um, but when I do, I find that there's so many wonderful, miraculous answers to prayer. My relationship with my family is only as good as my relationship with God. And that was one of the things that our pastor pointed out. Um, you know, and so I'm going to give you some tools today on recognizing and addressing issues with your kids. But the key is to good communication. And that begins with your communication with the creator of the universe. If you don't have faith, I'm sorry, because I can't imagine um, how difficult it is for you. I know that a lot of times, if we don't have faith, that our happiness is tied to people. It's tied to events in our life. When things are great, we're happy. When they're not, you know, we're not happy. And, you know, every whim is tied, tied into feelings more than in thought and actions that are surrounding God. One of the things that I learned to do when things were really horrible was just to thank the Lord because everything in our life happens, I believe, for a reason and it's something that we can learn from or we can ignore it and turn our backs on it. And I would rather uh, take these things as lessons that we can learn and grow from and become better people because of it. Well, our pastor explained that our first parents sinned in the garden and this sin was brokenness and alienation from God. And our entire lives is trying to repair this alienation and bring back ourselves, you know, to a relationship with the creator. And he explained that, um, you know, without God, we're lost. And there are all of these other things that come along. And these are things I talked about in the other segment, too, on marriage. You know, our insecurities, our failings, our need for control, 
Um, you know, and a lot of times our anger and our attitude stems from these things. And we want to blame that other person instead of taking responsibility ourselves. You know, secondly, we have to understand that root cause, which is our alienation from God. But it also is understanding, you know, why are we arguing here? Our brokenness, whether it's our relationship with our Lord or someone we've perceived to have hurt us in the past, you know, is all, you know, they can all be valid reasons. But when our kids, and let's face it, when our kids don't listen to us, we take that personally. We take that as hurting us, whether or not we we realize it. And a lot of times we act out in anger because we are so frustrated and upset that they're not listening. Well, we're going to take a really short commercial break. And when I come back, I'm going to explain some things um, in order for us to, you know, me to be reminded again, which is why I love doing these audios and, um, you know, you to hopefully find some nuggets of truth here that you can use with your family. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a Bible study for the entire family? Well, I created one after searching for months for a study that would encourage my family to have group discussions, teach life truth, as well as point to God as creator. So since I couldn't find one, I created one. Homeschooling with Proverbs. I didn't want to zoom through the book of Proverbs in one month, as some suggest. Instead, I wanted to savor and meditate on the words and have the entire family on the same page. If you want a Bible study written for the entire family with specific audios and activities from pre-K to adult, look no further. This set can be used studying one lesson per month or completed in nine months or sooner. The option is yours. In this set, you will find audios, printables, and when completed, you and your children will have a beautiful keepsake notebook. Visit homeschoolingwithproverbs.com for more information and begin studying the book of Proverbs. Allow God's word to speak to you. Well, hi and welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz and this is an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. It's episode 100 and today I'm talking about communicating love and kindness uh, to our children. Well, you know, when I'm ex- when I explained um, to my kids after we heard, um, you know, our, our pastor explain the the problem with fighting and um, with being angry and that sort of thing and frustration within families and communication and marriage, and I explained it to you know we we talked about it at dinner and and you know these are of course with my uh, teenagers and older kids, you know that we could see that explaining things in the light of our brokenness and our alienation to God really had an impact. And let's face it, that while we love our kids, uh, sometimes to a distraction, sometimes not, you know, for many of us, it hinges on whether our kids are doing something that pleases us. You know, in my house, obedience is not a choice. It is a responsibility. And until my children understand that, there's no peace for them or for us. So the same rule applies in communicating displeasure, um, you know, with my spouse or with my kids or with my friends. You know, there is no character assassination. And, you know, kids are so different. You've got the easygoing ones, the happy-go-lucky ones, the easy adaptable ones. 
you know, and you've got yes, the yes, mommy, I love you ones. And then you have the difficult ones, the feisty ones, the special need ones, or the intense and high strung kids. You have to know your children. I have a special needs kids who loves the hugs and, and attention, especially when he was younger, and as well as those that run the gamut and, you know, don't like to be touched, don't like to be overly hugged. And so, you know, you have to know your kids and, you know, for some, those kids are special needs kids. They have short attention spans. They may be aggressive. They may struggle with social interaction or fear. Um, avoid They avoid eye contact or they have communication delays. This is my um, oldest son did. Um, you know, until he was about four, we couldn't understand a lot of what he had to say. And yet we treated him like he was perfectly normal and he still had to understand certain things. And there was a lot of repetition to get him uh, to understand because he easily forgot some some special needs kids you know or some kids in general are easily upset have destructive or explosive episodes changes in mood or demand attention you know parent parenting is going to fall into different categories and for some you may need professional help but the first thing I would do is become very very observant because whenever you ask for special or professional help they are going to rely on you, the parent, to understand what it is your child does wrong, what, t- what types of behaviors are triggered. Like, for example, I remember um, hearing one time that just going to the library was a disaster for one of the children just because of the, the extreme quiet. Uh, you know, for another, going to the park was a disaster just because there was just so much, you know, explosion on um, you know his his nerves. There was just too much. There was too much going on. So know your child, know what what the problem is. And of course, I'm not talking about a child who's, you know, very tired. Um, sometimes we try to do too much with young kids. I remember my parents had a restaurant, and parents would walk in with kids, little kids, to eat dinner at you know nine o'clock. And so you know, a lot of times that that was a disaster because the kids were exhausted. Uh, for some kids, it wasn't so much. So, you know, know your child and know uh, what your parenting style is. And, and they, they run the gamut. And I'm just going to put these things in little pigeonholes here. So realize your parenting style. Is it authoritarian? Is it neglectful? Is it permissive? Or is it authoritarian democratic where you're going to make some concessions? So let's look at the kids. And of course, depending on their age, this is going to vary. I'm not going to get into parenting style. We just don't have enough time here. Um, So on the whole, kids, this is what my husband always says. Kids are gamblers. They're going to take a chance. So if you've told them to do something, they're going to gamble that you're not going to follow through. Kids often say what they mean, unfortunately for many of us, and it's usually not the right thing. Kids have many character flaws. They're angry. They have temper tantrums. They're jealous. They're self-centered and so forth. You know, our kids need to be trained to do what's right. And a lot of times we just expect them, you know, we as parents expect them to do things that we haven't trained them to do. Kids want to get their own way. Newsflash, who doesn't? Uh, Kids can manipulate like the best attorneys in court out there. Um, Kids are very manipulative. Uh, Kids are really good at pitting parent against parent. Uh, that we're not even getting into when parents disagree about discipline because uh, that could be a whole nother episode. Uh, very, very important um, that you both agree. Kids are, and I'm going to just, let me just, little addendum here. No, I'm not perfect. And many times my husband and I 
totally disagreed on how to discipline our kids, and that was something we had to work through for many years. It didn't come very easily to either of us. I was much stricter than he was. Um, Okay, so kids are easily distracted, uh, and kids don't often follow instructions the first time. You know, our kids need positive reinforcement. They need repetition. They need patience. Kids do not need to be spoiled. I'm talking more to myself than to you here. And let's look at the ways, you know, a parent should not treat their kids. So before I get into that, I'm going quickly, I know, we want to realize how we parent. We want to look at our kids and we want to make a list. You can make your own list of your kid and their you know, issues and things that you want to address. And then we're going to look at things that we shouldn't do. And I hate to even bring this up, but I'm going to because I never assume that everybody's on the same page. And, and you know, you may totally disagree with me here, but um, I, I want to just go ahead and say it. And it breaks my heart when I see a situation where a parent is you know, just not taking into consideration that that child is flesh and blood and that that child is their flesh and blood. You know, sometimes you just wonder um, at, at some parents and their disciplining techniques. You know, so number one, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, fear and abuse, mental and physical abuse are definitely uh, not something that should happen. Uh, screaming at them, hitting in anger, and discipline that doesn't fit the crime. Um, I'm going to segue into that in a minute because I've been guilty of that one. Um, using your child as a pawn to hurt your spouse. Um, you know, I, I see parents do that. I think it's horrible. Character assassination, and where you would say things like, I can't believe how horrible you are, or I hate you. I heard a parent say that before. Um, or you are fill in the blanks. You know, parents really really watch what you say and you know treating kids as objects that you own I'm going to get into a really brief story here uh, discipline that doesn't fit the crime um, one time I was really upset with my daughter being manipulative um, and so she was um, you know probably elementary school years and she wanted to spend the night and I really didn't like the whole spend the night thing but I was never allowed to spend the night as a child so of course that was one of the things I didn't want my kids not to experience because I would hear from my friends how much fun they had and so on and so forth and this was a close um, you know friend of ours and they went to our church and we knew the family well and so um you know, my daughter and this little girl took turns back and forth, and I would much rather have the child here. But of course, you know, if they're if you're allowing the spending the night, it's never as much fun as going to the other person's home. And so I remember, you know, telling my daughter no. We were very busy, and part of it was, um, well, I really enjoyed this family. It wasn't um, something that I wanted to happen often, and I was really angry at my daughter for manipulating me. Well. I get a call from the, the mother of this child saying, oh, I see the girls have arranged it and da-da-da, when can I pick up your daughter? And I was so furious that I said to this lady, I am sorry, she is not spending the night because she is grounded and she is not going to be permitted to spend the night. So I talked to my daughter about it who didn't confess that she had manipulated the whole thing like she should have. And so I just looked at her in anger and I just said to her, you know what, you're not going to be spending the night at all for the next year. Wrote the date on the calendar and that was it. 
And so a lot of it had to do with the frustration, um, you know, also in talking to this parent and her telling me, you know, oh, don't be so hard on her, blah, 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 you know. And what ended up happening is that became a great example to many of the parents and they used it with their children about, you know, well, you need to just be really good because you don't want me to do what Mrs. Gerwitz did and take it away for a year, whatever that it was. And, you know, I was happy to be able to help them out, but it really didn't fit the crime. You know, my daughter had manipulated me. Yes, she should not have spent the night that time. Um, In a way, it did help um, in that she, I didn't let her spend the night very often, and I really discouraged it with with the um, next three kids. Um, you know, she was number two in line there. So it's just, you know, it was a personal pet peeve of mine. I didn't like it, and I kind of used that uh, situation to exploit it a little bit in my favor. So just be careful um, when you do something like that. You know, I did talk to her about it and just say, yeah, that was not you know, the right thing to do for that long. But I also should have just been honest with her and said, look, I don't want anyone spending the night anymore. And so I'm, you know, going to let you know that now. And I I really, you know, it's really hard once you've been permissive to go back, as they say, and close the barn door once the, you know, the cow has escaped. So just a little lesson that I want to, you know, share with you of something that um, didn't work for me. You know, they say kids are resilient, but they also carry scars and wounds. And remember this, if you don't choose your words carefully, and if you are that angry, to take a time out yourself to compose yourself, remove your child. And if your child's really young, you know, you can, um, you know, put them somewhere where you're not going to, you know, act out and hurt them. Uh, Because a lot of, you don't want to live with, you know, regrets in your life. And so, you know, we've heard all about different disciplining techniques, you know, withholding something, whether it's dessert or a phone, a timeout, spankings, of course, not while you're angry. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to work, right? Um, punishing, removing an item or taking away a privilege, um, ignoring them um, only works in some instances, I will say, uh, isolation and reasoning. But I'm going to tell you the secret sauce, and that is consistency and modeling good behavior. You know, consistency um, is something that needs to be done repetitively. It means, yes, getting up out of your comfy chair and going and taking care of that child. If the baby's little and trying to stick something in the electric socket, we run up and we immediately get them away from that. We go by electric covers and we take care of it all, right? Because we don't want them shocked or electrocuted. But a lot of times we don't deal with other discipline um, issues that are not so life-threatening. You know, modeling good behavior is the only only way I'm going to really uh, be able to get this across, which of course we all know this, right? But I'm going to say that a niece of mine um, who has a, um, a very high level of education, let me leave it at that. Um, has colorful language to say the least and when her young son uh, went to kindergarten the teacher had to speak to the mom and say um, you may not know that your child has a very um, choice selection of words when he's angry Um, of course the mother um, giggled and thought that was funny as she was telling her family about this myself included and you know I just kind of shook my head and she said not to worry I've cleaned up my language because I realize kids are sponges like do you think 
Yes, they are. And so they're going to model our behavior. And we always say, why is it that they pick up our bad traits and not our good ones? Well, maybe because we're demonstrating our bad traits so often. You know, and I had to point that out to myself at one time when I found myself uh, saying that. You know, with kids, it's it's really important to lay some things out. And good disciplining techniques, and I'm going to have these listed in the show notes on episode 100 on Vintage Homeschool Moms. Um, but let me just go through these with you. Um, and I have all of my little lists will be on that on that episode in the show notes. So good disciplining techniques is, first of all, to stay calm. Uh, get your kids under control if they're an emotional wreck. Deal with the issue at hand before you launch into whatever it is you know that you want to say to them. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. Be sensitive um, to them. A lot of kids are very sensitive to your tone of voice. I know that was something my husband was very sensitive to my tone of voice. That can be very authoritarian and, and teacher-like. Uh, and so I had to be careful with that. Keep it simple, no matter what the age. Nobody wants you to go into this entire, you know, explanation of anything. Um, teach as you as you discipline. Start young. I mean, you're going to be constantly going through things with, oh gosh, we didn't have this, you know, happen before. We need to deal with this now. And then, again, it's a teaching moment. Um, ask the kids to repeat back what you said. I had a child who would get very angry when I would tell him to do something. And I finally said to him, what did you think I said? And when he told me, that was not at all what I said. Um, This is a child, you know, with some learning difficulties. And part of it is auditory processing. You know, when he heard me, he could follow a list of instructions. You know, do this, this, and this. But sometimes his auditory interpretation of what I said was not what I said so he had permission to say could you could you tell me that again or he would say is this what you're asking me to do and I would either say yes or no and that alleviated a lot of issues because I knew this child and I knew his temperament and I knew that he shouldn't be so angry Um, you know it was obviously not what he thought Um, Ask the kids to think instead of, you know, why are you leaving the ball in the laundry room? Say, where do you think that ball should go? This is instructive and, you know, if it doesn't work, then you can follow through with discipline. The same thing with consistency. When you're in the teaching mode and you're teaching that little one to pick up their toys and put it away, and as my daughter does, she polices the area and she makes sure they do it and she keeps herself from bending down and picking up to teach them even very very little ones how to put away their toys and to say oh you forgot that truck over there or you you know whatever um and she keeps teaching them so that it becomes habit um be positive you know if we do it positively and that's something that i have down because of my you know entrenched self um esteem you know it it was very important for me that my kids felt good about themselves So that was positive, and I think also that came from my mom. My mother was so positive, um, you know, almost like we could do no wrong. So a lot of that really is is part of how I was brought up. Use I instead of you. Like, I would like you to help me with the dishes. I would like you to clear off the table. You know, I don't want you to bounce, or this is what I say to my little grandkids. Grandma doesn't want you to bounce the ball in the house. If you want to bounce the ball, let's go outside or see if somebody will go outside with you. You know, instead of, you're such a bad kid for, you know, bouncing the ball in the house. And how many times did grandma tell you not to do that? And that makes so much noise and da-da-da. 
you know so it's always better to let them know what you want and it's and it's great because my daughter will say to them you know if they do it again you know she will say bring me that ball grandma asked you not to bounce the ball in the house and she will take it from them so you know it's great that you know I've learned so much from her um, and how well she articulates to her children Um, when you do this then this will happen Um, that's a a really good one I a lot of times I would say to my kids you know they would say well when can we go do you know whatever was the promised thing and my daughter doesn't promise I was big on the bribes you know and promising things and so I would always say, when we get done with our school work, we'll be able to read that book. When we get done with our school work, we'll be able to go to the park. So they knew what was going to happen. And I also set them up the day before. If it was going to be a very busy day, I always let the kids know, you know, tomorrow we're going to do school first. And after we, we do school, we're going, we're going to get new shoes or whatever it was. We're going on a field trip or whatever it was. She tends not to let them know because she's got really little ones who, you know, I have a meltdown if if they don't go on that field trip because it rained and they were going to, you know, the park or or whatever it is. So you have to decide what you want to do. And then I would sometimes be frustrated because my kids were like, Mom, what are we doing tomorrow? Because I always wanted them to go to bed happy and to be excited about the next day. And, um, you know, I would say, why are you asking that? And my husband said to me, because you always would, you know, tell them. Well, I did when they were younger and expected them at some point to grow out of it. But my kids to this day will always want to know what's going on and what's happening. So now we have a huge calendar where everybody puts what they're doing on there. So we all know. Um, Use your words. Um, If you expect a good response, model it and listen. Okay, so I'm talking to myself here. I have a hard time with this sometimes. You know, be an active listener. Make sure that they know that you're um, you're listening to them, and make sure that that they you know know that you're expecting that back. Um, and like I did with my one son, ask to make sure that they are following you or that you're following them. You can say to them, "So this is what you're telling me," and either they'll say yes or no, and then you can correct it. Eye contact is important unless your child has issues with that and body language. If you're sitting there with your arms crossed or they're sitting there with their arms crossed, you know, you you can see their defiance. So you're just going to ask them to relax and, you know, just for this time, I don't want your arms crossed because I know that that just means, you know, you're angry and you're not listening. Um, decide on the rules and discipline ahead of time. If you do this, this is what's going to happen, you know, just like earlier when you know this is what we're going to do and then do this other thing for teens there's a whole nother list but just quickly um, if they're going out checking in a game plan of what they can and can't do and and some of the ground rules and explain risks Um, you know I have a pretty much a zero tolerance as my kids know and I have to say praise God uh, for the most part, you know, there hasn't been a lot of issues that a lot of families go through. Um, but I'm not done parenting yet. And, you know, every family has its own issues. So what is a horrendous thing for one uh, may not be one so much for another. So every parent uh, needs to deal with their family and set their ground rules. And then I'm going to also say something that it's okay for your kids to feel guilty. I, You know, the Italian families are the... The great architects of guilt. You know, I can't believe you didn't come see me. I was waiting for you to come or to call or to whatever. 
And so um, that is something that I tried to protect my kids from. But look, if they do something wrong, it's okay for them to feel guilty and to also ask for forgiveness and to apologize. And that is really a big thing. Do I make my kids say I'm sorry right then? No, because I don't believe it's sincere. My uh, Some families do. They make their kids right then say it and they, at least they're saying it and then they can follow through with how they feel about it later. Um, but I do expect it before that that situation is over with. You know, they can go to their rooms, they can think about it, then they can come back out. You know, um, and, and I will say I've prefaced it with, you know, don't come back out or come back downstairs if the room was upstairs until you you can, you know, talk to me about it calmly or you can say you're sorry or ask forgiveness. And my kids have all followed through, not necessarily that second. Um, sometimes they've had to apologize to the entire family because they had a meltdown or they were angry about something and the whole family had to hear it. Whether or not it had anything to do with child, you know, X, Y, or Z, it didn't matter. We all had to suffer through the tirade and so an apology was necessary for the entire family. Um, I'm a big cheerleader. I'm going to say that, you know, I've already talked about how I was really big on self-esteem. I still am. And I love my kids, I encourage them, and it shows, you know. And so the ultimate goal of this entire episode is to teach our child self-control and to manage their own behaviors. Because when they leave the house, at some point, you know, there's this whole analogy of when they're little, your, your, your hands are around your child's neck, you know, figuratively speaking. And then as they get older, your hands move further and further and further away because they're able to manage themselves. Well, the, you know, we're putting them on a short lease or that whole other analogy. So that is our goal, but how are we going to get to that? Are we going to get to it with timeouts, spanking, screaming at them? No, because we're controlling their behavior and we're letting them know exactly how little we think of them. So listen, I've done all three. I'm not proud of my actions, but I've learned that I can talk them to death and I've done that. Um, Or I can implement some strategies to deal with the issues. And I have done that. And I've kept it very, very short. I know this is a long episode, but there's so much, um, you know, I want to share with you. And just a few more things, so bear with me here. So I learned that I needed to be brief. And I remember coming across this um, book. It's no longer in print. I tried to find it before this episode. And it was called... Uh, Something like uh, one-minute discipline. There's all kinds of one-minute manager and one-minute this and one-minute that. And nothing that I found online um, was exactly right. And I really uh, need to write a printable and have that for you at some point. Um, But also, I want to put this, um, you know, just give you a little bit about the steps. And again, that will be in the show notes, episode 100 on Vintage Homeschool Moms. So one of the best things I can tell you, and this is um, really a result of disobedience. So this is after you've tried to uh, train your child. It's not done when there's, you know, a child who's furious or upset or climbing in a tree and about to fall out, you know, or two kids are duking it out, little kids. You know, this is um, at a time when you can talk to your child. So I'm going to use an example um, because it's something I used in real life. And it was my son, my little son, who's now 14. But when he was little, 
Um, he would take a shower right before he went to bed, and he would forget to hang up his towel. So it was in various places in the bathroom, on the floor, underneath the towel rack, you know, hanging halfway, you know, in the shower. And, you know, I could look at it and say, oh, gosh, you know, it's near the towel rack. It must have fallen off, or he wadded it in, or, you know, whatever. So every night I would go, you know, kiss him goodnight in bed, and then, you know, we had our little routine where we would say our prayers and praise God for all things, and then go around the room, and everybody would share what was important to them that day and how they could, you know, praise God in some way, which we still do to this day. And anybody who visits and spends the night at our house is part of our family prayer time, um, if they choose, which I don't think we've ever had a guest not choose to to be part of it. And uh, and so, you know, they put him to bed, and then I went in to say goodnight, and I would go to the bathroom, and invariably, you know, his towel was on the floor. So I would just pick it up. Well, I finally decided, you know what, he's old enough, he can take a shower by himself, and he needs to do it. So I talked to him about it, and I said, I want you to, you know, pick up your towel. I would tell him ahead of time, you know, Michael, when you go take a shower, make sure you hang up your towel. You know, yes, Mom, okay. And, of course, the towel was on the floor. So I talked to him, and I made it very clear. And basically, it went something like this. Michael, I'm upset to find your towel on the bathroom floor again. It is wet, and if you don't hang it up, it's going to remain wet and not dry. I've asked you to pick up your towel before, and it seems that you keep forgetting. I'm going to make sure that you hang up your towel from now on, and I'm going to get you out of bed, if necessary, to hang up your towel each and every time you forget. And then I did a big sigh. Oh, you know, Michael, I love you. You are an amazing person. I am so happy you're my son. I know you try so hard to do things and sometimes you forget and I love you so much that I want you to be the best person you can be and that I know God wants you to be and so I'm going to help you to get this right because I know you can do great things and then I gave him a hug and a kiss and I asked him if he understood and he said yes and then I asked him if he knew what he was supposed to do and he said hang up his towel and did it work Yes, it worked for a time, and then I found the towel on the on the ground, and then I went into his room, and I made him get up and hang up the towel, and I think a combination of the two things worked. And so the whole idea is here, first of all, to make sure that there's no danger that the kid's in, and here's the technique I'm going to go through. Make sure that they're looking at you in the eye. If they're little, you get down to their eye level, and if they're taller, you know, you make sure that they're looking at you. Be sincere. I mean, I've used this with my older kids. Explain that they can't talk while you're talking, which you're going to let them know all this ahead of time. And then you start with telling them what you did wrong in one or two sentences, no character assassination. You are talking about exactly what happened. The towel was on the bathroom floor again. It was wet. If you don't hang it up, it's going to remain wet. And, you know, you're not going to be able to use it the next day. I'm going to do more laundry. You don't get into all that. Just briefly, you know, I've asked you to pick up the towel before, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then you're going to tell, um, you know, do a big sigh because that just lets them know that, you know, there's going to be a change. And then you're going to tell them what you like about them, that they're an amazing person, that you're happy that they are your son or daughter, that you know that they try hard. You know, if even if you, you know, may not think that they try as hard as you would like them to, to a lot of times kids are trying the best they can and we just need to encourage them more to try a little bit harder you know which is taking determination and can be possibly a character flaw Um, and then you're going to help them to learn how to try harder 
you know, let them know you're here to, that, to help them, that you love them, that they're an awesome person, and that, you know, if you can't figure out what you like about this child, then use this time to jot down some things about your child and pray and ask the Lord to help you love your child. You know, my oldest child um, at times would make me so angry at some of the dumb things that he did that I had to really pray to the Lord. And I would say to the Lord, look, Lord, I right now I'm so angry at this person. I know that you love him unconditionally, Lord. And I ask you to help me to love him this second. Because right now I don't love him very much. You know, and I didn't articulate that to my child, but I did. I went to the Lord and I, you know, and I said that and, and the Lord really did help me. You know, we're not even getting into character flaws, kids who are lazy, you know, kids who only think of themselves and all that kind of stuff. Because I wanted to really focus in on this episode and, you know, let you know some things that to look for, some things to identify your parenting techniques, some of the things that kids tend to do, which I think you can add to that list, you know, more than likely. And then understanding, of course, you know, that we are all a work in progress, that you know, just as our pastor pointed out that a lot of times fighting comes because of our alienation from God. And if we are not right with the Lord, everything seems to be out of proportion. We blow up at the least little thing. And so, you know, otherwise we're able to talk calmly. We're able to get things under control and to articulate it. And so, you know, the last story I'm going to leave you with is another another prayer um, that I had. And again, this revolves around my special needs older son um, who was driving at the time. And I remember, again, he did something that made me really angry. And I just looked at him and I said to him, son, you have made me so angry. I don't even know where to start with you. So I don't know what to say or what to do. So I am going to pray to God and find out what your discipline should be. Because you know why I'm angry, right? And he said, yes, he knew. And, you know, said he was sorry. Um, And I said, okay, I accept your forgiveness, but there still has to be some kind of consequence here. So I just prayed and he and my daughter just kind of giggled. They thought for some reason it was really funny. And I'm going to tell you that my kids, one of my kids decided that if they just started laughing while I was disciplining them, that I would start laughing and smiling and giggling, and I hate to say it, that it worked. And so I had to remove that child and say, I will talk to you when you stop giggling and thinking it's so funny, because my first reaction was not a good one. And um, and when you can come back and talk, then I will talk to you about it, instead of just laughing and letting it, you know, fall apart because you know kids kids will will get smart and I think one of my my naughty kids told one of my grandkids that and um and so that child started using that technique and it did work and the mother started you know my daughter started laughing and so she had to say you know she did tell me about the incident and of course my kids got in trouble for that you know, and basically with my older kids, I use the scripture verse, Matthew eighteen six. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And, you know, that, that worked. My kids were stunned, um, not that they hadn't heard that verse before, but you know, it was just a reminder, you know, you think it's funny and you're trying to help the, you know, what kids, teenagers think is funny. 
could be a whole episode for another time because it's not you know what we think is hysterical and um i remember being a young parent and watching other little kids and thinking they're so cute when they're so you know they're so cute and so little it's hard to discipline them and yes um that's what happens and they are so cute because otherwise we'd probably kill them because god you know gave us that cuteness and that love for them uh you know to keep them from killing themselves uh every day as they you know toddle around and get into so much mischief um, you know, and I'm being facetious here and sarcastic a little bit, but you know what I'm saying, that a lot of times um, we lose that sense of humor the older we get and the older our kids get. So um, I had to remind my kids to stop doing that. Okay, so so the, the giggling with, with me getting ready to, to pray. So I prayed and I just really asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I need help here. You know, kind of the same prayer I had the other night with, um, you know, at church when I was, you know, praying about what do I do? Um, you know, my boys were fighting and I really hate that Lord. And so, um, he had just gotten a, a truck and, um, was really proud of his truck. And so one of the things, um, I felt the Lord say was take his keys away. And I thought, well, that's not a good discipline issue, you know, just taking his keys away. I wasn't taking the truck away. I was just taking away the ability for him to have access to his car keys. And I didn't think that was enough of a, of a discipline, you know, to tell you the truth. But I had prayed. I felt peace, you know. So in my, my mind, I thought, well, that's not really enough. But I thought, well, I'll follow through and just see how it goes. So I called my son and I said to him, you know, I prayed to the Lord and this is what the Lord, you know, I feel like the Lord told me. I want your keys and I want you to take them and you will no longer have the ability to just stick them in your pocket or put them up in your room. You will put them right here where all the keys go to all of the vehicles, you know, except mom Mom had hers extra set in her purse and dad had his in his other area. And this is where, you know, anything that like house keys and things that we kept um, in a mutual place. Well, the Lord was right. And he was very, very upset, and I just cautioned him um, on his temper because I said, if you lose your temper over this, there's going to be another repercussion. And um, from then on, my kids didn't laugh anymore when I said I was going to pray to the Lord to find out a discipline, um, you know, like what to do. You know, because I have some, like my girls, I have two girls and three boys. And I'm sorry for those of you that, um, you know, don't know me. I kind of assumed episode 100, but you may have just stopped in. So we're here. We are at the very end of the audio. Um, I have, you know, kids, two kids in their 30s now. I have a boy and a girl. Uh, My daughter's married with little ones. Neil's not married. Um, Nicholas is 20 now. Anne is 17 and Mike's 15. So as you can imagine, at some point, there were all little teenagers and little ones all in the same house under roof. And so, you know, it got to be a bit chaotic. And, you know, I have to tell you, all kids are different. My two girls, they didn't care about things. If I had taken the keys away from from Christina or Annie, they're fine with it. Take away cell phone, they're fine with it. Take away a privilege of something that they really like, like for reading a book or time, whatever. You know, that was more important to them. So I had to really pray. I had to get to know my kids. So do that, parents. Pray. Get to know your kids. 
know what the Lord wants for you and for them. And we all mess up. We all make mistakes. And believe me, parenting is a very humble proposition. I feel like that's why you have kids is to put you in your place and humble you and realize that you can't do it alone. You need prayers. You need, um, you know, help from the Lord. So let's just go to prayer right now before we end. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for letting me share what's on my heart, Lord, with all of those who are listening. And I ask, Lord, that you, you know, bless each of their families, that their parenting techniques, that you can help to provide each one of those uh, that are listening today to have the right tools in their toolbox, Lord, to be able to deal with the, the issues that come their way and to be able to use good parenting techniques that will work with their children individually. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.